0: Hello everyone, Alexandre Vieira here and welcome to the 13th episode of the Economics of Everything podcast
1: with yours truly and Alejandro Esquivel. Here on Econ of Everything, we believe that economics in its purest form is a study of how people make decisions, thus our goal is to make our audience
0: informed decision makers in all parts of their life. Yes, and we'll do this by breaking down topics we look at with data, research, and practicing theories. We will also be looking at topics critically and agnostically, which discourages empirics to employ an economic lens.
1: The goal of our team is break down the complex nature of economics to help you employ a critical thinking strategy and holistic approach on topics to help you become a better decision maker.
0: So today, Alejandro, we're actually going to be going over the Beige Book, which is a summary of the current economic conditions created by the Federal Reserve. This one actually came out in December 2nd of 2020. And so we're going to be looking at what they thought the, the U.S. economy was looking like at that point in time.
1: Definitely. While well, kicking us off, let's look at the overall economic activity that the Federal Reserve study. Eight of the 12 regions that the Federal Reserve Bank looks at saw moderate growth in economic expansion.
0: Yes. And of those eight five of those regions' activity remained below pre-pandemic levels, for at least some of the sectors.
1: Looking more specifically, Chicago and San Francisco, economic activity increased moderately, but remained below its pre-pandemic
0: level. And with the New York economy remaining flat. Now, uh, looking at the overall GDP for the U.S., it does seem like we are reaching our V-shaped recovery, with some very strong growth in GDP going from quarter two to quarter three. But some economists are arguing
1: there might be a K-shaped recovery, meaning inequality in the rate of recovery with some sectors and citizens faring better and exceptionally well more after the, the pandemic is over and some sectors and citizens faring worse off than they were before the pandemic.
0: So we saw some higher than average growth in manufacturing, distribution, home building, and existing home sales across all the regions in the U.S.
1: On manufacturing, Chicago and San Francisco's may remain modest and increase modestly across their manufacturing sector. Specifically, this is because a greater demand in autos, appliance industry, heavy machinery, and building materials. More specifically. Lumber in San Francisco is a very hot commodity as it is all across
0: the US. Yeah, unfortunately though, it has, manufacturing has slowed in New York and this can be due to the high prices on intermediate goods, squeezing the profitability of some of the manufacturing and distribution companies and causing some of those to pass down its input costs to its consumers with a higher final sale price in the next few months.
1: And just to put this in you know, simpler terms, because that's what we mm-hmm. do here. If you were to have a toothbrush making plant and the toothbrush classic uh, is costing more, you then have to put a price on that toothbrush to meet the input costs of that toothbrush. Now this is happening because further even upstream, the plastic manufacturers are incurring higher costs because of higher wages need to be paid to their
0: employees for making the plastic. Now, looking at the home sales, we have seen that this sector is vibrant across all three regions. Now, this is mostly supported due to this low interest rate environment that the Fed has really been pushing out there. In addition, this telework environment and this really work from home movement that started has allowed a lot of these higher income people as you said, with your K-shaped recovery, to move out into some of those more suburban areas and vacation home destinations, particularly in the San Francisco regions, where you have a lot of tech companies and a lot of uh, in Silicon Valley workers who really don't want to drive two hours for them to get to work.
1: Definitely. And prices are rising, which is caused by low inventories due to a higher demand. Uh, this, like I said, low inventories and a lack of available lots and high material costs conti- continue to restrain growth in the housing markets. Now, if you look more specifically, it's, it's simple economics. It's a supply and demand curve. There's a whole lot of demand and not a lot of supply because right now, lumber costs is going up and up. So people don't necessarily want to build that house that they were thinking about last year or two years ago. So it's really put a damper on, on that housing market.
0: Looking at some of the different loan portfolios, the Fed has stated that they are worsening, especially in the commercial real estate sectors, retail, leisure, and hospitality sectors. The Fed is anticipating some higher delinquency rates running into 2021, as some of those sectors start to see some of the longer-term effects of the COVID-19 impact, some of their leases, and some of their longer-term clients.
1: Definitely. If you, if you look at what the fed has done throughout 2020, they've really bought some of this corporate debt that's existing out there in the market, which when it comes to the actual corporation itself, it doesn't have the financials to justify these absurd amounts of debt. It it can really start to cripple them and start to cripple their future growth more so than it can sustain current short-term growth. So looking at, looking at San Francisco and specifically, which was what the federal reserve is looking at lending activity has increased modestly compared to uh, 2020 capital markets and investment activities have also rebounded in recent months with deposits continuing to grow at double digit rates, strong asset quality is propelling across the market. And there's ample liquidity for people who want to refinance, want to trade on their margin accounts on their Charles Schwab's or TD trades because of this low interest rate environment.
0: Yeah, looking at the San Francisco market, it did seem like some of the San Francisco banks were really poised to take advantage and fight the higher delinquency rates that they're expecting moving into 2021. Especially looking at the hot, ample liquidity, they really tied down on some of their mortgage requirements and made sure that they, there weren't any poor loans out there So they aren't worried about a 2008 bubble like it happened in the past recession. And it really might be happening if if there are any concerns at all in the commercial section, where in Chicago, we have seen business loan demand increase modestly and even small business banking have higher needs for them to pull out of this recession. Now, with the Fed buying a lot of these uh, commercial loans up, and having a guaranteed buyer the concern comes up with a guaranteed buyer is anybody really looking at the underlying asset of the loan and making sure that these assets are going to be
1: good into the future and that's essentially what happened in 2008 with these mortgages you know they weren't doing enough due diligence There was a review there was no review there's no auditor of the auditors there was no you know double checking of work so It's definitely drawing a somewhat of a similar comparison. We'll see what will happen in 2021 and going forward.
0: There's also some concerns over the payment deferrals and the mortgage forbearances that are going on. So it's gonna be interesting to see how those impact the future loan portfolio. Moving forward into employment, it does seem like that rose across the board. Many Regions growing slowly and even the best regions still falling short of a full recovery.
1: Looking at Chicago, employment grew modestly and wages actually even increased slightly. San Francisco, their employment increased slightly with one global distributor really stepping up and employing a good amount of the population in that city, which they don't exactly call out as the Federal Reserve does. They remain ambiguous on who that global distributor is. But one case that I found could be a a perfect comparison is Salesforce having been domiciled in San Francisco from the get-go and really stepping out their telework environment and allowing for employment to continue on during 2020.
0: I did think that it, I I really haven't thought of of, uh, Salesforce, but the one that really popped to my mind when I read the analysis was Amazon, You know, with Amazon being a first mover on the e-commerce space and they're really taking advantage of their distribution and storage units located across the U.S., I thought that possibly there was a chance that Amazon would be the global distributor that they are referencing. Granted, we do not know who they really were talking about, but it's always good to speculate. Let us know your thoughts. (laughs) We have seen some sharp, uh, with the sharp rises in COVID-19 cases, a worsening of the labor supply. So we've seen some higher absenteeism, with more day offs on your, in your local jobs or local companies, and greater attrition, which is really more worker turnover and more people quitting because they just feel like it's unsafe to be at work. Looking
1: ahead, businesses generally expect wages to accelerate somewhat, particularly in the trades, transportation, education, and health
0: sectors. And in addition, they're expecting an upward trend in wages at the lower end of the pay scale. So some of this inequality that we've been seeing in the pay rises might be evened out due to this COVID recession, as a lot of these frontline workers, like your uh, cashiers and your your cab drivers, really are demanding the higher wages as they're taking on some higher risk.
1: Well, as we look at these sectors, trade, transportation, education, health sectors, it really boils down to those essential workers Mm -hmm. who, like you said, are on the front lines, showing up to their jobs day in and day out, And, you know, through the COVID-19 pandemic, we're
0: risking a little bit. They should be compensated fairly. And some of the northern regions are expecting employment levels to dip slightly into the winter before continuing the recovery. Now, the business response to this worsening labor supplies is the firms are just forced to be a little more flexible with their work schedules. And, of course, raising the rates for their lower skilled workers, especially out in the outlying areas where it's harder for you to find those higher skilled workers to fill your spots.
1: Definitely. You you're start, you're gonna start to see Fargo, North Dakota having to compete with more of these bigger cities such as Milwaukee, Chicago in, in the Midwest region, especially, because
0: they suffered from this from this recession. Looking at the prices, we did see some high transportation costs due to COVID-19 disruptions and delays among short-staffed producers and shippers with input prices raising moderately and the final prices rising slightly. It seems like the companies are really biting a lot of the bullet right now. Yeah, looking
1: specifically at the regions, San Francisco, Chicago and New York all had price inflation that showed little change. Mm. Now, this could be due to producer prices increasing slightly, as you were saying, and input costs were up modestly, driven by rising raw material prices, shipping prices and wages. Now, going back to the example that I brought up before of the toothbrush, further upstream, we're continuing to see higher input costs for the manufacturer that makes the plastic, the manufacturer that makes the machinery and, and the employees who run the entire process.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting to see that we haven't seen a lot of our inflation measures have a drastic change over this recession and over the last two or three quarters. However, with a lot of these companies really taking the bullet and really taking a lot of that burden of the higher prices, they're going to have to pass those prices down down to the uh, consumers at some point.
1: Now, firms remain positive on the future. However, optimism has waned year in and year out, 2020 to 2021. Now, these can be due to concerns over the recent pandemic wave, increased mandated restrictions, recent and looming expiration dates for unemployment benefits, moratoriums on evictions, and foreclosures.
0: It's gonna be interesting to see what happens in 2021. Honestly, personally, I'm uh, very excited. I know that commercial is gonna have some ups and downs, especially as some of these leases come up and they have to renegotiate. Uh, Residential, in my world, is having a lot of fun, but I'm very excited for 2021, how about you?
1: 2021 will definitely bring a interesting year mm-hmm. coming out of a, a whole lot of chaos that happened in 2020 that I'm sure everybody has been able to see. What I'm really looking for is that corporate debt needs to slow down. Mm-hmm. With the Fed still continuing to be that ultimate guarantor, they really need to peel back that layer. And sure, it cannot be swiftly, but it can be at moderate pace. And just, just stop buying corporate debt and stop, you know, with the encouragement of these of these zombie companies, yep. which I've talked before and, and really slow sold that, sold that down.
0: Well, thank you all for joining us on the 13th episode of The Economics of Everything. We look forward to filling the world with more informed decision makers like
1: you. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Econ of Everything, no G, and The Economics of Everything on LinkedIn and Facebook with a G. Also, you can contact us at theeconofeverything at gmail.com.
0: And if you could leave us a review on our podcast and let us know how we could make this better listening experience for you, we would greatly appreciate it.
1: The economics of everything. Our interest is always in your future value.